Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Let's start with a deadly fire in the city that we are learning more about. Yeah, more details are emerging following the weekend fire in East London that left a woman dead. It was shortly after 8 o'clock Sunday night when emergency crews were called to the house fire on Tremont Road. Firefighters extinguished the blaze, but a woman was found inside who later died from her injuries. Police have only identified the victim as an adult female. Jessica Reynolds, a fire investigator with the Ontario Fire Marshal, who's been tasked with finding the cause of the blaze, says there's nothing to indicate there was any criminal element involved. Contract talks with the nurses in the province have begun and it looks like things could get testy. Yeah, the Ontario Nurses Association has started bargaining a new contract for hospital nurses and the union is planning a series of actions to bolster its push for higher wages. The nurses and other broader public health uh, sector workers have been subject for three years to a wage constraint law known as Bill 124, which capped increases at 1% a year. Bernie Robinson, the interim president of the ONA, said the last contract left nurses feeling disrespected and devalued. And in this round of negotiations, the union is seeking far more. As talks begin, the union says it's planning a series of escalating actions, starting with having nurses wear stickers while at work that highlight the bargaining priorities of better wages, better staffing, and better care. Late last month, or late next month rather, nurses will begin holding information pickets at hospitals as well as at offices of members of provincial parliament, and the ONA is planning what it calls a shutdown protest on March 2nd outside of a Toronto hotel where bargaining is taking place. The nurses do not have the right to strike and Robinson says they will not be engaging in illegal walkouts. The Ontario Hospital Association has said it greatly values nurses and hopes to achieve a quote voluntary mutually agreed upon collective agreement. A push to have the leader of the Ontario Green Party switch to the Ontario Liberals is under consideration. Yeah, Ontario Green Party leader Mike Schreiner isn't ruling out a bid for the leadership of the Ontario Liberals. The Liberals have been without a permanent leader since Stephen Del Duca stepped down last year following a devastating election loss. Several Liberals or Liberals have publicly said they are exploring a run at the top, including MP and former Ontario Cabinet Minister Yasser Navik, MP Nathaniel Ersik-Smith, uh, and current Ontario Liberal uh, Caucus member Ted Sue. But a group of Liberals, including former Cabinet Ministers uh, Deb Matthews and Liz Sandals, released a letter Sunday urging Schreiner to join the party and run for the leadership. Schreiner released a response this, uh, yesterday evening saying he was going to take time to think about their arguments. He says he has no ambition to lead any other party other than the Greens, but first wants to get the thoughts from his Guelph constituents, his family, friends and colleagues. Well, Chatham's new baseball team has struck out before they even played their first game. Yeah, the new Intercounty Baseball League franchise in Chatham-Kent has abruptly dropped the team name it announced just three days ago. The team said on Friday that it would be called the Blackbirds following a community-wide online contest. But it says the name has been dropped effective immediately after it received feedback on the historical derogatory use of the term blackbirding, which it says involves the coercion of people through deception or kidnapping to work as slaves or poorly paid laborers. The club says it made plans to change the name to better reflect the diverse cultural history of Chatham-Kent and regrets any harm the original name may have caused. British Columbia's drug decriminalization plan begins today. 
Yeah, this is really interesting. British Columbia is introducing a policy of decriminalization today as part of what it says is an overall plan to prevent overdose deaths from illicit drugs. Drug users will be allowed to carry up to a total of two and a half grams of opioids, such as heroin and fentanyl, as well as cocaine, meth and MDMA. The province says it aims to reduce the stigma around drug use so people reach out for help to get services. The crisis has claimed over 11,000 lives since a public health emergency was declared in April of 2016. And plastic bags are no more at Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, if you find yourself going on a grocery run to Shoppers Drug Mart this week, don't forget to bring reusable bags. Shoppers has announced it plans to eliminate single-use plastic shopping bags from its stores. It says it'll begin the transition away from plastic bags across all of its stores starting today and is encouraging customers to bring their own reusable bags when shopping. Now, Shoppers isn't the only store to do this. After the Canadian government announced their plan to ban single-use plastics like plastic takeout bags in October of 2020, other retail chains like Walmart, have um, decided to transition to reusable bags. Environment and Climate Change Canada says single-use plastics make up most of the plastic litter that is found in freshwater environments. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1839, the Durham Report was published in Lutton, written by Governor General Lord Durham. It was a response to the 1837 rebellions in Upper and Lower Canada. Durham recommended uniting both Canadas under a response responsible government and making English the only official language. In 1907, Timothy Eaton, founder of the T. Eaton Company of Canada, died in Toronto at the age of 72. He revolutionized Canadian retailing by introducing cash sales and fixed prices for goods, replacing the old credit bargain and barter method. In 1912, the world's first fully daily comic page appeared in the New York Evening Journal. In 1920, Joe Malone of the Quebec Bulldogs Dogs at an NHL record of seven goals in a game against Toronto. In 1945, U.S. Army Private Eddie Slovak was executed by firing squad in France. He was the first American soldier since the Civil War to be shot for desertion. In 1957, the federal government proclaimed the second Monday in October to be Thanksgiving Day, a statutory holiday. In 1961, a chimpanzee named Ham became the first animal to orbit Earth. In 1990, McDonald's opened its first outlet in the Soviet Union in Moscow's Pushkin Square. Thousands lined up for hours to eat in the 700-seat restaurant, the company's largest in the world. In 1996, Canada's foremost prima ballerina, Karen Kane, announced that she would retire as a principal dancer with the National Ballet of Canada after the 1996-97 season. Her career spanned more than 25 years. In 2001, American businessman George Gillette bought 80% of the Montreal Canadiens plus their arena from Molson for $275 million. In 2018, the Ontario Superior Court ruled that doctors who have moral or religious objections to treatments such as assisted dying, contraception, or abortions have to refer patients to another doctor who can provide the service. In 2021, the death toll from COVID-19 in Canada passed the mark of 20,000 people. And on this day in 2022, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he would not meet with truck protesters uh, nor bow to the intimidation tactics by organizers. He said some protesters had gone beyond calling for an end to government-imposed vaccine mandates and instead ended up harassing local businesses, waving Nazi flags, and stealing food from the homeless. 
Happy birthday to listener Allison, who turns 32 today. You share a birthday with baseball Hall of Famer Nolan Ryan, who turned 76. Johnny Rotten is 67. Minnie Driver turns 53. Kerry Washington is 46. And Justin Timberlake turns 42.